It's an honor to be here tonight. I've never met many people with the fire and the passion of Bishop Larry Raglan. I'm, I've never, I, I can honestly say this, I've never talked to any person in my life that no matter what he's going through, I can't tell. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he gets on the phone, praise God, praise, my God, my God, praise God, Bishop. How you doing? I said, man, you ever have a bad day? Oh, yeah, 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 I got bad days. I tell you, Bishop, I got them. And I'm like, I can't tell. I know my God's, my God, praise God, my God. But it just, you know, it's good to know that, that if you're going through something, that there's somebody you can call that when they pick the phone up, they're going to say, praise God. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And I just thank God for him, and I appreciate you and your beautiful bride. I appreciate you guys. I mean, y'all are sold out, and God is about to show out in this place. Can you get your hands and put them together for the bishop of this house? Hallelujah. You can be seated. Amen. You can be seated in this place. Um, I, I, I am... He said something about the old days whenever y'all, he said, man, we used to, what'd you say? Go till what? One o'clock in the morning? Well, this ain't the old days. Well, we ain't going till one o'clock this morning. I can tell you right now, I'm already hungry. And I got a Whataburger across the street from my hotel. I, there ain't no Whataburgers in Orlando, so... I just hear that Whataburger calling me. But it's, it's, um, it's an honor to be here. And tomorrow night, I'm telling you, um, if, if, if there's a service you don't want to miss in your life, it's tomorrow night. Because Pastor Rod Parsley is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He really is. Um, I've stood on the stage with Oral Roberts. I've stood on the stage with Lester Summerall. I've stood on the stage with Kenneth Hagin. I've, I've, I've sang in front of 250,000 people on the steps of the Capitol in Washington, D.C. for the President of the United States. And nobody does to my spirit what Pastor Rod Parsley does when he walks in a room. And so don't miss that moment, as Bishop was saying, because it is going to be awesome. It's good to be in Birmingham, Alabama, and it's good to have my beautiful wife with me today. She's with me. She wouldn't let me come without her on this trip because um, when, I, when I married her, somebody asked her, they said, man, what's the negatives? I said, she only got one negative. And they said, just one? I said, just one. And they was like, well, what is it? I said, she, she's like roll tide all the time. And, yeah. And, uh, man, she couldn't have walked into a house that hated Alabama more than, I mean, I'm right under Auburn fans. I'm LSU. We, we, we don't just hate you. We're jealous and mad of you because our coach left us and ended up with y'all. But, you know, but we coming for y'all this year. 
We coming for y'all. That tiger's going to put that elephant on the run this year. I'm telling you right now. Oh, hey, Shabahaya, I feel it in my spirit. I might have to prophesy that here. Stand up, Kendall. She's so beautiful. I appreciate you being with me tonight. Amen. And I thought I knew about the Alabama-Auburn rivalry, but I didn't know nothing till I married her because... I mean, like Auburn was playing in the national championship against, I think it was Oregon or somebody like that or something. And I was pulling for Auburn because I'm SEC to the bone. I mean, I pulled for Alabama when they played against Clemson. And I just, I pulled for the SEC. She's in my house and I'm, I'm shouting because Auburn's winning and she's slapping me and hitting me with stuff, throwing stuff. I said, what kind of human being lives in the same state as Auburn is and you're not going to pull for your own state and then she said sit right here after the game was over it made me watch a document a documentary and some lady that's an Alabama fan she said I'll tell you right now Paul it wasn't the Apostle Paul it was Paul yeah I'll tell you right now Paul I'd pull for Russia if, if Auburn was playing Russia Man, it runs deep in this state, doesn't it? How many Auburn fans do we have in here today? What? Where's the Bama fans in here tonight? My God, who brings an Alabama Crimson Tide hat to church? Well, I'm a Judah lion tonight, so. Amen. We got shirts back there at our, our booth. And you know what? I, I'm gonna, I know the time is growing late, so I'm going to get right to it. But if you, if you get one of our shirts back there, and I don't, I don't put the name of our church and all that. It just says Judah. It means praise. And there's nothing more powerful than a moving billboard. A, 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 a billboard that stands still you miss it sometimes but a moving billboard just keeps coming back and forth and 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 there's two things that's going to be in heaven people with robes on and then when they take the robes off they're going to have one of these shirts on. so if you get a shirt back there from our booth i'm going to just sew a cd a, a praise and worship cd into your life for free is that all right and then you can listen to it on your way home if you have your bibles Turn with me, if you will. Uh, if you don't, look up at the screens. Uh, Joshua chapter number four. Joshua chapter number four. Verse two. Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, Take you out of the midst of the Jordan. Everybody say, Out of the midst of the Jordan out of the place can you turn my piano up a little bit my monitor out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm 12 stones and you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night hallelujah i want to speak to you tonight on the subject elevate Tell somebody, say, God's about to elevate you. It's your breath in our lungs. 
So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. Let the church say,
under your feet here you declare how many believe he's a great God He's a great God tonight. You can be seated in his presence. You can be seated in his presence. Just stay with me, Justin, for a little bit. Um, it is important for you to understand tonight that there is, there is, a, there is a spirit that hovers over atmospheres generations areas locations have you ever been somewhere um, and somebody that was not familiar with you you've been somewhere and maybe not familiar with their customs or things and somebody said these words that's not how we do it around here I'm by myself tonight y'all need to go to Louisiana they hear that a lot that ain't how we do it around here, boy. <laughs> A, an atmosphere can breed a spirit. The Bible says that Jesus could do no miracles in certain regions because of the atmospheric doubt and unbelief I was raised all my life that the opposite of faith is fear but the opposite of faith is not fear the opposite of faith is sight fear is faith hey go ahead and do it no I'm not going to do it if I do it this is going to happen you've got faith in the wrong direction so don't tell me the opposite of faith is fear because it's not. The opposite of faith is sight. It's this. You can't see it so you don't believe it. Got 12 people. This is a region where you feel, well, I have to see it before I believe it. It's good old boys mentality. Put up or shut up. Yet the scripture is totally in reverse. Speak up for it to show up. Because before there was anything of any form or any image or any likeness, the Bible says, and God said... 
And then the next verse says, and God saw. The problem with good old boy mentality is we want to see it before we say it. And God said you ain't getting nothing until you start saying something before you see it. Because if you're going to please me, you have to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible. How do we do it, God? You walk by faith. Push somebody and tell them God wants to elevate you. I grew up. I'm glad to have five or six black folk in here tonight. It's just, I feel. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Calm down. I'm coming for you. Hold on. Um, I grew up in a very rural part of Louisiana, backwoods, backwoods, wasn't, wasn't nothing back there, but us, <laughs> I mean, really, I brought Kendall over there, she knows what I'm talking about, there ain't nothing back there but us, and I grew up in a Pentecostal environment where everybody complained about everything, everything. How was church last night? Too long. Well, how was church Sunday? Too loud. My God, if they get it any louder, I'll be able to just walk outside and just sit outside and listen to everything from the house. How you feeling today? Oh, I woke up hurting everywhere. I'm hurting everywhere. And these are the 20-year-olds. I mean, just complain, just complain. Everything's just complaining. I mean, y'all ever been around people that just, everything's, don't look at them. I'm just saying, have you ever been around anybody that everything's complaining? I'm talking about, I grew up where, I don't know if any of you grew up like I grew up where everybody made a sound just getting up. Like they're getting up out of their chair. Here we go. We got to go to church. Let's go to church. Do they do that in Alabama? Because that's all we did. And we just complain, complain, complain. Just, just murmuring and complaining. I don't care what you do. They're going to say something negative about it. My daddy told me, you'll never be nothing. You're a zero. You'll never amount to anything. You're a dime a dozen. And I thought one day, you know, when I had 3,000 people at a concert just for me, that my daddy was going to be proud of me, finally. Sold millions of albums. And after the concert was over, I looked at him and said, how'd you like it? He said, well, I don't know why it's got to be so ungodly loud. And he said, but I will give it to you. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, I don't think too many white boys could sell as many albums as you do playing all that black music. That's, that's one thing you got going for you. I don't, I don't know. You, you, got, you got that soul in you. I don't know. Just complaining all the time. 
And in this text, thank you, Justin, just, just stay there, but you, you're good. In this text that I read to you, God is dealing, who will give me 20 minutes? You will? God is dealing with people that do not know how to stop complaining. He's, he's in Joshua chapter 4 and something supernatural is about to happen. They're about to go from a wilderness to a promised land. And I'm telling you right now, there is something that is going to happen and it's going to be planted tonight, but it's going to be plucked up tomorrow night. And God sent me here to start it. I'm lighting the fuse. So the Bible says that God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. For 400 years, they were raped, beaten, abused, no compensation, daughters ripped from their homes. And used as sexual slaves. Sons ripped from their homes. And used to build their monuments and their powerful uh, 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 structures in Egypt. And God comes to them and says, it's time for you to be free. Sends one brother in there. Moses. Says, let my people go. They get out of Egypt. He sends them to the Red Sea in between two mountains called Piahiroth and Migdal. Stand there, he says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Now let me tell you something. It's aggravating enough for God to put you in front of an impossibility. It doubles it. You feel like he's kicking you when you're down when he tells your enemy where you're at. Stand there, because I'm going to get the glory, he says. And the Bible says, watch, after 400 years of being in bondage, that they murmured and complained. And they said, why hast thou brought us out here to die in the wilderness? Well, sister flabbermouth, I'd rather die in the wilderness free than be in Egypt bound. Look at your neighbor say, don't complain to me. Yeah. Everybody say, they murmured and complained. I had a lady come up to me the other day. She goes, I said, well, how, 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 how are you enjoying everything? She goes, oh, my God. And she started complaining, 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 complaining. I, she said, what should I do? I said, you passed 20 churches before you got to this one. She said, excuse me. I said, listen, next Sunday, don't make it all the way here. Turn. Because I tell my church, we ain't going, we're not going, we're not going to appease everybody all the time. That's, that's, that, that's, in, you, you'll, that's the first recipe for failure. Try to please everybody. Yeah. 
I like it. If you don't like it, leave. Why? I was here the first day. Where were you? I'll be here the last day. I ain't got no help in Alabama. I tell my church, united we stand, divided you leave. Come out of Egypt, you'd think they'd be throwing a party. Uh-uh. Murmured and complained. Then watch this. God opens the Red Sea. I got 13 more minutes. Hold on. Opens the Red Sea. They walk over. They turn around. He drops the water on the enemy and drowns them. And for a moment, Miriam has a tambourine. You know there was one black woman there. She had a daggone tambourine. I know Miriam was black because she was an Ethiopian woman. And she wasn't just playing that tambourine like she's from the country. She was double hitting that thing. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. The white people don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, black people bring tambourines to church. And just for a moment, the Bible says that they gave God the praise. But the next chapter... The Bible says they got over on the other side and they said, well, where are we going? Who's got a map? We're just drifting. And the Bible says they murmured. I'm going to get everybody with me here in a second. And so God says, Moses, don't worry about it. Tell him I'm going to give him a cloud by day and a fire by night. And those dummies didn't even realize that it wasn't because you see a cloud in the day. And it wasn't because you see fire in the night. It's because when you're in the Middle East, it gets to below 20 degrees in the evening and it gets above 110 in the day. The cloud was blocking the scorching sun and the fire was a fireplace to keep them warm. But they were too stupid to realize I'm not just leading you out. I'm blessing you on your way. But it wasn't enough. The next chapter says they began to I got 85%. Y'all will get there. If somebody on your road don't know murmur and complain, lean over to him and say, when he does this, that's murmur and complain. They get to the next chapter. They murmured and complained because they were in front of the Red Sea. They murmured and complained after he kills all of their abusers. And they murmured and complained. He gives them fire and a cloud. And now they murmur and complain. What we going to eat? True Pentecostals. Can't have church lest there's food on the ground. What we going to eat? And the Bible says that God told Moses, it's all right, tell them to put a bucket outside of each one of their tents. And the Bible says every night he gave them manna from heaven. Woke up and there was food outside. They didn't have to cook, plant, pluck, pick, nothing. And do you know what the next chapter says? And they and 
And you know what they said? <laughs> yeah, we know he got us out of Egypt. And we know he got us over the, over the Red Sea. And we know he gave us a, 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 the victory over our enemy. And we know he gave us a cloud by day. And we know he gave us fire by night. And we know now he can feed us. But what are we going to drink? And Moses was ticked off, man. And he goes to God and God says, take that rod and hit that rock. And he strikes the rock and the Bible says, water for four million people. Are y'all in this place? See, the church paints a picture like it's some little water fountain that everybody got a drink out of. He had to provide water for four million daggone people. And that watch, this is the miracle we don't talk about. It only says there were two times that it came out of the rock. One was at the beginning of the, of the wilderness uh, uh, trip and one was at the end. So do you know how much water had to come out of that one rock to provide 40 years? And you know what the next chapter says? You got it. You know what they said? What about our shoes? That was all the women. You know it was. What about these shoes? And the Bible says God said, Tell them I'm going to let their shoes to the point where they will not wear out. Y'all ain't going to believe this. You know what the next chapter says? <laughs> These were true Pentecostals right here. And watch this. They get to the Jordan. And they're about to go into the promised land. And God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. And watch, I'm going to give you 30 days to cry about it. Because I've had enough of you murmuring and complaining. He says, I'm about to move you to another level. And you ain't going to get there. Let me tell you something. The greatest loss you will ever have in life is your memory. I lost so-and-so. As long as you can remember, you still haven't lost everything. It's when you cease to remember. David said, I will not forget his benefits. 
I dealt with four funerals in a span of 30 days. And three of them were for kids under the age of 25 years old. One of their parents is sitting right here on the front row. Pastor Tracy Hutchinson buried his son. I think Jared was 21, 22 years old. That was a month ago. Right there on the front row. I dealt with four deaths. And let me tell you something. On the fourth one, they moved the funeral so I could speak at it. I said, man, I'm going to be over here. I'm already committed. We'll move it. And it was outside almost to Tampa. And I preached until I thought I lost my mind at my church. I got home. You can ask my wife. I got home. I pulled my clothes off of me. Got in the shower. Showered. And drove all the way almost to Tampa for this funeral. But that, 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 I, I was so ticked off about the issues that I'd been dealing with with God. Not understanding everything. But something supernatural happened to me. When I pulled my car out of my driveway, it was beautiful. And my friend, I just got through preaching for Hezekiah Walker's Holy Convocation in, in, in Orlando, Florida. And he was on the serious radio on, on, on Kirk Franklin's praise. And he was saying, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. And it was beautiful. The sun was shining. But you know what, Bishop? Watch this. Where 429 and I-4 meet, when I hit I-4, I hit a storm. I mean, it started raining on my car, and I put my windshield wipers on, and it got so violent, there were cars, Pastor Tracy, that were off the side of the road with their blinkers on, their emergency blinkers. But I knew I couldn't be late. I'm going to speak to a funeral. I'm, I'm, I'm the guest speaker. I'm the, I'm the final speaker of the funeral. Can't miss it. But all of a sudden, within 15 minutes, boom! I busted out of the rain, and it was beautiful again. Then all of a sudden I got to Haines City and here it comes, boom, a deluge of water, just rain hitting my windshield and I'm flashing, my, people are pulling over again and just as quick as that, boom. And I don't know how it happened. I put my phone into my, into, my, into my car. And when I did, it transferred the serious radio to my phone. And all of a sudden on my phone was Hezekiah Walker singing, Every praise is to our God. And watch this. Watch this. I started at my house and God said, You still ain't got it yet, do you, Clint? I had my notes and everything ready to preach at the funeral. And God said, I just showed you what your sermon was. I said, Lord, what's, your, what's the sermon you talking about? He said, When you left your house, He said it was sun shining. Then he said 10 minutes later I let it rain on you. Then 10 minutes later I let the sun come out. Then 10 minutes later I let it rain on you. He said but the one consistent thing through the sunshine and the rain was every praise. Every praise. Every praise. bless him when everything's going right. You can't just bless him when everything is going your way. I will bless the Lord at all times. Push forth our folk and say, hey, he ain't worth Sit down. I gotta hurry. God 
God says to Joshua, this time, I'm not taking you over before I get my praise. I ain't waiting on you to get it your way. This ain't Burger King. He said, this time, Joshua. And Joshua said, yeah, Lord. He said, when you get in the midst. My God, my God, my God. Y'all ain't hearing me. Hey, Joshua. Yes, Lord. When you get in the middle. Uh, let me say it to this section. Hey, Joshua. Yeah, Lord. I ain't waiting till it's over. I want my praise right when you're in the middle of it. Well, Lord, I, when I get over this, I'm going to give you the praise. No, no, no. When I get through this, I'm going to give you the greatest. No, 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 no. When this is over, God, you're going to get the great. No, 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 no. I done waited. I done did miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And your praise don't seem to change. Everything keeps fading. So this time, while you're in the middle of it, touch three people and tell them, give them the praise in the middle. the devil is go to that wall over there right there yeah right there on that wall put your back on that wall put your back up against the wall hands come on what's your name huh brother Austin you see that wall right there head toward it Stop right here. Stop right here. Now watch how the devil is, Austin. You want me to show you how the devil is? This is where you get to boast hell. In the middle. Where? In the middle. The Bible says that Jesus looked at his disciples. He said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And the Bible says he went up to the mountain and started praying. And he saw them in the... In the midst. It's the middle. Well, Austin, let me tell you how stupid the devil is and how crazy church folk are. See, Austin, if the devil, if the devil can convince you right here to quit, give up, and go back, he thinks you're stupid, Austin. Because you want me to tell you how stupid that would be? If you're in the middle, Austin, it's going to take as much effort to get back there than it is to get over there. So you may as well not go back. You may as well keep on walking. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. You're shouting. People say, keep, 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 keep walking. Keep walking.
Watch this. Watch this. I'm, 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 I'm done here. Watch. He says, watch me now. He says, hey, Josh. And Joshua says, yeah, Lord. He says, get me 12 guys out of each tribe. And when y'all get in the, in the middle, he said, I want each dude to pick up a stone. And then, Josh, I want you to stack them on top of each other. He said, because, hey, bro, he goes, there's going to come a time down the road. Y'all have already proved it. Where you're going to get discouraged. You're going to get upset. Your fear is going to grip you, Joshua. And he said, I want you to stack these 12 stones on top of each other. So that once you get down the road a little bit and fear grips your heart, before you go to before you go to murmuring and complaining, I want you to build that monument high enough so that when you look back over your shoulder, you ain't gonna, you watch this, you ain't gonna go back, but you're going to learn back. You, you, some folk live back while other folk learn back. He said, I want you to just look back there and when you see those 12 rocks, I want you to turn back around and say, if he did it back then, he can do it again. Watch me now. Watch me now. And so, and so God told me, he said, CB. I said, yeah, Lord, that's how we talk sometimes. He said, CB, he said, you only going to need this kind of praise 12 times. I said, what are you talking about, God? God said, I'm only going to make you praise me like this 12 times. I said, Lord, I ain't, I ain't understanding. He goes, you only going to need a middle praise 12 times in your life. Ain't that cool? Because I'm 32. Uh, <laughs> call those things that are not as though they are. Uh, you know, I've lived a little while. I said, Lord, I'm only going to need these praises 12 times. He said, yep. If you can conquer this 12 times, you're going to make it, CB. I said, Lord, can you just tell me when that's going to be? He said, absolutely. January. February. March. April. May. June. July, August, September, October, November, December. I said, he said, you're going to have to give me that kind of praise in the middle of every month because that's where your trouble's going to show up. And just when you think you're done, it's January, February, March. Push three or four folk and say, hey, you can get your praise in the middle. I gotta quit. I gotta quit. Uh, watch this. I, 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 gotta, I gotta hurry. Uh, see, every victory you get will be a middle victory. We want the church wants everything to be finalized before we can give God any kind of praise. That's not how He built us. That's why He had one thief on the right, one thief on the left. And him right in the middle. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's why, that's why you need to go back and ask the three Hebrew children. Because the king said, didn't we throw three into the fiery furnace? 
And they said, oh, yes, king, we threw three in there. And the king says, uh, he says, one, two, three. But he says, there's a fourth man walking in the I came to tell you if you're in the middle of something, that's where God shows up. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the middle. Push my folk and say, I got it in the middle, I got it in the middle. I was in the middle of it and I got it. I'm finishing. No, I got to close. I really do. Because I'm, watch this. Uh, this is elevate. This is elevate. So they took the 12 stones and stacked them. And God says, in the future, your children are going to ask you about these stones. See, I came to tell somebody, what you do in the middle is going to affect your future. All the decisions you make while you're in the midst of it is going to speak to the future that you step into. Watch what it says. Look at somebody say, you're at Elevate 19. Well, y'all, didn't, y'all didn't say it like Say it like you're hollering at your kids. You're at Elevate in Joshua chapter 4. I read it to you. He said, take 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan. Did I not tell you that? Well, if you get to verse 19. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. You're at Elevate 19. When they got to verse 19, it says, and the people came still ain't got what I got. Y'all still ain't acting like you know what I'm talking about. When they got their praise in the middle, they didn't just come out. They came. Push them and say, neighbor, when this conference is over, I will be elevated. I'm not just coming out. Watch this. They came up out of the Jordan. And they stepped in Gilgal. And if you go see what the name Gilgal means in the Hebrew, it means wheel. And I think the next time I checked, a wheel turns. So if you can get your praise in the midst, while you're coming out, God is turning your situation completely around. Because your praise has a way of 
turning circumstances and situations. Somebody, if you're going to get your miracle, give him a turn, praise one time, and let the enemy know, I'm coming up out of this thing. I'm, I'm through. Watch this. Watch this. David writes about this whole encounter. The man of God, David, you know, the psalmist. Uh, come here, little man. Yeah, you come here. Come here. Come right here. No, come right here. Uh, David writes about it. What's your name? Preston. Preston. Stand right here, Preston. How you doing, man? Good. Good to see you, bro. You a Bama fan or an Auburn fan? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Preston, just, just say this for Bishop one time. Just say, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Tell you what, I always thought that about you Alabama people, but that's all right. Watch this, watch this, Preston. Have you ever felt like this? Here's your promise. Here's your blessing. You with me, Preston? And you're Preston. And you've been Preston in your way through everything in life. And there's your promise. And God says, I got a promise for you, Preston. Come on, you can have it. Go ahead. Get it. Come on. What's your problem, Preston? Come on, Preston. Uh, has anybody here ever felt like Preston? You come to church and everybody goes, get up on your feet and give it praise. Lift your hands. Shout on them. Has it, anybody ever feel like Preston? And watch this. Stand right there, Preston. Keep facing me right there. And to add insult to injury, has anybody ever felt like this? Watch this. Uh, come here, brother. Come here. Come here. Uh, what's your name? Bruce. You're the devil, Bruce. <laughs> has anybody ever felt like this? That just when you think you can't take anymore, instead of it getting better, it gets worse. Now here's your blessing. Get it, Preston. Now you ain't just got the fact that you can't reach it. Now you got opposition between you and it. Come on. Now it looks like God is adding insult to injury. Why? God, you see that I can't get it. You see I can't make it. You see I'm not big enough. Why would you let this happen? Oh, y'all ain't never murmured and complained? And David wrote about this moment. And he said this. He said, the Lord said, come here, Preston. Sit! He said, yes, sir. At my right hand. Until 
Wait a minute now. Everybody look up here at me. Everybody look up here at me. I don't know if you grew up in a house like I grew up in, but I grew up in a house where you didn't ask questions. When my daddy said no, it was no. It wasn't why. When my daddy said, y'all get back there and sit down, we knew sit till he tells you you don't have to sit no more. But we live in a different generation. I grew up in the generation where we went to A&W Root Beer and we got out of our car and we sat down at a picnic table and some girl come rolling up on some roller skates. Ain't nobody talking back to me. And we ordered our food and we waited on it. And when we came up there with that A&W and you opened up that hamburger, that steam hit you in the face. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But then see, we got tired of waiting. So they built a thing called a drive-through. You just drive through, go to the window and tell them what you want. But then we got tired of waiting. So they made it where you drive up and you'd have a little speaker with the, with, the, with, the, uh, with the menu on it. And you told them what you wanted. And then you drove around to the drive through and paid for it. But then we got tired of waiting. So then they said, they, 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 they said okay, we're going to put a menu before you get to the menu. Ain't nobody talking about it. In other words, you drive up, and if somebody's ordering, you get to see on the menu what's going to be on the menu. Because, bless God, we can't wait on you to get to the menu and decide what you want to eat. So we're going to put a menu right here, and then you're going to drive up to the menu. And then that, that wasn't fast enough, so now they created two lanes. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We got a daggone interstate at the McDonald's. I mean, we ain't got two-lane highways in the county, but every McDonald's got two-lane highways in it. Why? Because we don't want to wait. Oh, there's some of us that'll wait, and we'll just be sitting there and go, I don't know why I gotta wait. I've been waiting for daggone 15 years. I don't know why I'm having to wait. That's all I ever hear. Wait on it, wait on it, wait on it, wait on it. Wait, they that wait a bundle of time. I'm tired of waiting. What you don't realize is God is waiting to watch what you do while you wait. And as watch, learn something, as long as you are wondering, while you're waiting, he'll let you wander. Well, will I ever get it? Will I ever have it? Will it ever happen? Will it ever come forth? Will it ever manifest? Am I going to get my victory? Am I going to get the house? Am I going to get married? Are we going to ever have kids? Will I ever get my own ministry? Will I ever be able to pastor a church? Will I ever be able to have an evangelistic association? Will I ever have any partners in my ministry? Will I ever be a music director? Will I ever get a solo when I'm in the band? Oh, who cares? If you will wait, he will work it out if you'll wait it out. But while you wait, Give him some praise while you wait. Watch what he said, Preston. He says, sit here until I make Hebrew design. 
devise, work on. What? Come here, Preston. He was standing right here and watch. Without the enemy, he couldn't reach the blessing. But God said, I'm going to work it, hit it, bend it until your enemy becomes your footstool. Let me elevate you. Let me get you to another level. Let me bring you to another place. Let me work it out. Just four or five folks say, I'm about to elevate, about to elevate, about to elevate. You thought your blessing was just going to be in the word Pull that blessing out Preston Oh show everybody what you got See when you wait on him You get more than just what he promised He said I'll give you houses you didn't build Vineyards you didn't plant I'm going to bless you 